So what are your general thoughts on the tax reform plan that's being debated in Congress right now? One thing I like is that they are attempting to go towards simplification. There are a lot of provisions they're trying to get rid of that will simplify the tax return and probably do get to the point where they can have that little postcard that more and more people could file. I'm still sort of up in the air as to what the true redistribution of wealth part will be. As a teacher of tax, as a person that writes about this stuff, I like the complication because it makes me feel important and powerful, knowledge being power. But in the end, it is very inefficient for people to be spending more money on a particular tax a bit of advice. One of the key features of this uh, tax bill being debated is a, a reduction of the tax brackets from seven to four. Uh, why does this actually make tax planning harder, though? When you go from having the seven rates we have now, which start at 10% and slowly get up to uh, 39.6, with chunks of income progressing from 10 to 15 to 25 to 28, a person can get used to their tax bracket. So if they work a little bit of overtime, they'll know, okay, I'm probably still going to pay the same marginal tax rate on the next bit of overtime that I make or a bonus that I get if I'm a Wall Street banker. If you start having longer and longer tranches of income subject to a rate, and all of a sudden the next tranche of income is taxed at double the rate as you go from 12 to 25 percent, it's pretty dramatic. Because if all of a sudden I work enough overtime or make a bonus that's big enough to then throw me into that next tax bracket, let's say going from 85 to 95,000 is where the rates jump from 12 to 25 percent. All of a sudden I'm getting a bonus that I thought would have been taxed at 12 percent based on my common experience under the new law. All of a sudden it's being taxed at double the rate. Sometimes people don't want to work a little bit harder if they're not going to keep as much of the money as they're used to keeping. Of course the comeback is, well just having three or four rates is much more simple for people, but in the end that's a trivial marginal benefit to people because we have software that calculates this stuff. The forms have all this built in. I don't like the drastic 12 to 25, 25 to 35. I like slight increments. You're also not a fan of creating a repatriation holiday that allows U.S. corporations to bring home overseas earnings, which I understand is also a feature of the proposed legislation. So the way the law works now, and for many, many years, the U.S. multinational corporations based in the U.S., they don't consolidate their foreign operations on their U.S. tax return when they report to the IRS. They only report their U.S. activities. The foreign corporations that these big companies have overseas, that income is taxed by the U.S. only when it's brought back as a dividend, the so-called repatriation, the money comes back home. So what all these companies are doing is they don't want to bring the money back home because they don't want to pay the U.S. tax on it. So they park it overseas. About 13 years ago, um, there was a holiday put in, a one-year tax reduction. If you brought back these monies, it would give you a very low tax rate. I think it was about 10% compared to the normal 35%. Lo and behold, all these companies bring back, I don't know, trillion dollars. And people thought that will help stimulate the economy. They'll use this money to invest in more labor and increase the, uh, uh, the manufacturing capacities here. And in the end, a lot of the money went to things like buying back stock, executive bonuses. So if we do another holiday now or reduced rate when the money comes back, are we basically tempting these corporations to keep leaving the money overseas and then waiting for this form of amnesty? Now this conversation is much more complicated than we're letting on here because there is talk of stopping the taxation of overseas earnings for prospective earnings. So when I complain about where we're going to set these people up for this addiction to a holiday every 10, 20 years, 
their comeback could be, well, we don't plan to tax future earnings anyway. It's a one-time thing. Then fine. Then let the past earnings wait to be taxed when they come home, and we'll get the full up to 35% versus this holiday rate. Why in this current plan is the alternative minimum tax and the estate tax potentially also on the chopping block? The alternative minimum tax, the AMT, it's been considered for um, repeal for many years because, first of all, it complicates tax returns dramatically. I talk to some CPAs that have trouble understanding it. I finally have gotten my hands around it. But it's also unfair. The AMT um, basically disallows certain deductions on our tax returns. So, for example, people in the, in the heavily taxed states like myself in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, we um, cannot deduct our state taxes for purposes of AMT. Instead of just disallowing these state tax deductions for everybody and being open and honest about it in Congress, they do this alternative calculation where people don't even understand why they're paying AMT. They just know why they have to pay it. When they first put AMT in, it was put in because they wanted to capture these couple hundred rich people in the late 60s, early 70s that were not paying taxes because of all these exotic tax shelters. So when they put it in, they disallowed certain items and said, okay, we're not going to allow these. But then again, we're only going to worry about people that make a lot of money. So we're going to give a big fat exemption of about, I don't know, $30,000, $40,000. So that covered 95% of the world, of the U.S. So no one paid it, uh, except for very few rich people. The exemption of that forty, fifty thousand number was not indexed for inflation until very recently. So every year it started capturing more and more people as salaries for a CPA went from five thousand a year to fifty thousand to seventy-five thousand a year. So it was very unfair that the intent of it was to get the rich, rich, rich who were benefiting from sexy tax planning and a lot of these transactions. And then by not having the exemption big enough is sort of capturing innocent, quote-unquote, innocent people like myself who's just living their life, working for a living, owning a home. So getting rid of it, to me, at least makes it fairer for people like me. Again, maybe I sound selfish because it's about me, but a lot of people are like me. This is the one chapter in the course that I teach where the students are trembling. They're trembling, because, and, and I told them today, I won't put it on your final exam because I have a feeling it might go away. And I could see the sigh of relief because they had heard about this being the most difficult chapter in a tax class. So estate tax, the the theory behind why people say it's unfair to defend it, to defend a repeal, I would say, it is sort of double taxing the same income. And estate tax is levied on your final net worth. Whatever's left over, you try to leave to your family, and meanwhile, another third or half of it gets chopped away in taxes. I can see why people argue it's sort of one last painful bite at you, uh, you know, when you're literally, you're, you're dead and you can't defend yourself. And the example they keep throwing up is, it's not just for the super rich that it's unfair. How about the, the practical problems it causes for the family farm? You hear about the family farm case. We're out in the Midwest, You've, your grandpa years ago was running this farm. And those 200 acres was successfully, you know, growing corn or whatever. And then he left the the home to the three uh, kids. And those three kids now have 20 grandkids. The 20 grandkids are now inheriting the farms from their parents, the farm from their parents. And now that real estate is worth $200 million or $100 million. To to make them pay almost half of it in, in estate tax means that they have to liquidate the farm. The problem with the way it's being couched here is a lot of this is meant to be uh, helping the common person to try to build out the middle class. No middle class person is paying this tax because the estate tax 
doesn't apply until you get up to the six million or, or a higher number. Now, a central point of the plan seems to be that the middle class and the rich will benefit uh, in the beginning once it's passed. But uh, as time goes by, the benefits to the middle class are going to go away, while the benefits for the rich will live on. Is that a fair way to think about this? I think it is. Um, well, one thing is the estate tax. Clearly, the estate tax being reduced will benefit the wealthy forever and ever and ever, whereas the poor don't get any benefit from that because they're not paying it. The second part, the concern is, in the short run, some of the people on the lower end of the income uh, scale will benefit from having a doubling of their standard deduction um, and getting this um, child credit and credit. So they might save a little bit of money in the long run, in the short run. But in the, as the years go by, that standard deduction will go up only with a limited form of inflation. So we're talking that twenty twelve that twenty four thousand dollars standard deduction in five six years might only be about twenty five twenty six thousand. But when you look at the wealthy, who basically are going to see their corporate earnings, the corporations have their tax rate cut dramatically, and a lot of wealthy people own a lot of stock, so they indirectly benefit from their corporations paying almost half the tax rate. They're also going to benefit to the extent that they have these what they call flow-through entities, these uh, investments in pass-through, flow-through partnerships, limited liability companies, S-corporations. These would be the investments they have in businesses that throw off income that's not taxed at the corporate rate. Instead, the income passes through to the owners, and they're taxed on it immediately, and currently they're taxed, these millionaires are taxed at the highest rate, 39.6. They put in this preferential rate a cap of 25% for a big chunk of it. So you see a lower, uh, lower income level person saving a couple of thousand a year. Meanwhile, you have people that every year make more and more and more money because they're very successful with successful businesses paying no more than 25% on a lot of this flow through income. Plus, if they have income in these corporations that trade on Wall Street, then they pay tax at half the rate from before. The numbers are, are staggering in terms of the difference. You mentioned something that I was fascinating that I read about this S corporations. If this all goes through, you could potentially see individuals basically form their own corporations that are just themselves to take advantage of those lower rates. Right. They do have a, a, an exception for personal services companies, so they, they were worrying about that. For example, a b baseball player just forming a limited liability company or an S corporation and says, pay that money to this corporation of which I'm the only employee, right? There is a, a, a provision of this that talks about, however, if personal services, professional services are what this entity is doing, then the regular rate applies. But I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot to say, going back to complexity, the desire to make things easier. And this came up yesterday during the testimony in front of the Ways and Means Committee. One of the Democrats said, we're looking at all these big fat regulations here. We're trying to reduce them. Don't you realize that once you put in this new 25% cap on pass-through income, the concern that you have right there is now going to say we need regulations to determine what counts as services? You're, you're basically trading some complexity that goes away with other nice things we're hearing getting rid of on Schedule A, for example. But now we're going to need a whole bunch of regulation on trying to avoid the, um, the scam that you're basically put your finger on and you're not even a tax person. Now, Lee Zeldin, a Republican congressman from Long Island, recently told the New York Times that it would be impossible for him to vote for the bill in its current form. He called it a quote-unquote geographic redistribution of wealth. 
uh, because it eliminates the deductions that residents of states like New York rely on to cushion the pain of local taxes. How common is it for this kind of regional uh, clashing, if you will, when it comes to tax reform? As it happened before, uh, mentioning Texas and Florida, maybe about 10 years ago, those states started complaining, wow, you people up north and out west get to deduct your state taxes. We don't have any here. Therefore, we don't get the benefit you get of being able to deduct them. Now, of course, they're not paying them, so I'd rather be in a position where I'm not paying them at all than paying them and deducting them, but I can see their point. So instead, they got a sales tax deduction put in. So the current law says, if you ever look at your Schedule 8 as an election, I'm going to deduct state and local income taxes or my state and local sales taxes, the greater of the two people pick. So in the Northeast, our income taxes are obviously much higher. But in the South, uh, well, Florida, Texas, other states that don't have an income tax, all the people there are electing the sales tax. So that's an example of how they lobbied for something that they normally wouldn't have cared about. But because they saw these other states benefiting from deducting their state and local income taxes, hey, why don't you give us something? Give us state and local sales taxes. So that happened in a sense before. Now, getting rid of this deduction also will um, ironically bother, you know, bother them because they're losing their sales tax deduction but not as much as it hurts the people up here because sales tax is a small number.